Hey, Tyler Sass here from Ask Wizard Magic. What I want to cover in this video is creative for creatives about creativity, the concept of creativity and the science of creativity. It's incredible, so enjoy. Creativity is a monster that is very difficult to tame. When you hear people, they're like, I want to be more creative. Why? <laughs> What is it? What, what is creativity? I'm just saying, you go, when you're experiencing writer's block, pick this thing up. What is it? What, what is creativity? Because we all uh, claim that we want it. We all aspire for it. We're all trying, uh, all of our media is geared towards this idea that creativity is this magic superpower that solves all your problems. Um, and I don't know if that's true. Looking at it from the magician perspective, um, you know, it's it's something that you use, but it's also a detriment. Uh, most magicians and comedians and artists in general, they consider it a curse a lot of times. It's this overwhelming force that takes over and uh, you have to, you know, if you don't uh, feed it, you die inside. So like creativity is a monster that is very difficult to tame. Now magic is one of the unique art forms that requires a massive amount of creative thinking and then to rapidly switch to logical and systems-based thinking. Because of that, we have a unique advantage uh, and a unique history of working with and developing that relationship with the unconscious mind. When you hear people, they're like, I want to be more creative. Why? <laughs> it's like, and magicians and scientists and artists have, and philosophers have been developing techniques for increasing these creativity uh, states, if you will, for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's uh, been recorded for thousands of years by magicians and philosophers. So what I want to do is kind of give you guys basically um, some of those tips, some of those techniques that you can take away and implement so that you can kind of get into the creative state in the same way that a magician does. We're putting together a 19 tip list that's going to give you techniques that magicians, artists, philosophers have been using that is gonna teach you how to turn your creativity on and turn it off and get control over the, that creative process so that you can start using creativity as a tool. Hey guys, it's me, Tyler Sass from Ask Wizard Magic and I've been preparing for my special this month, which is going to be about the topic of creativity and what is its source and is it good, is it bad? What are the pros and cons of creativity? So we're gonna be trying to create a special with that. And the end goal that I'm trying to uh, uh, do, my, my main objective is I want to try and accomplish the impossible. I want to find people with creative blocks, writer's block, thing like that. I want to meet them, find them in person, and I want to try through the power of magic, of mentalism, of persuasion, of influence. You might, if you're skeptical, you can call it the placebo effect. I don't, I don't really care what you call it. The end result is to try and help someone unlock their creativity. You can skeptically say that's the placebo effect or you can positively say that that's just something we don't understand, but that's what I'm gonna try and do. Now, 
Uh, I'm not a doctor, not a psychologist. I don't treat any problems, but I'm going to give it my best shot as just a magician to try and help someone unlock their creativity. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to study up for and do. I'm trying to utilize everything I know about magic and um, psychology and persuasion and influence to accomplish that goal. I don't know if I'll succeed, uh, but I'm going to try my best. And over this month, I want to give you guys information that you can apply about creativity. What is creativity? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Who has it? Um, things like that. So I'm going to be doing these videos for you and uh, creating content for you guys so that you can start to understand creativity better, figure out how it applies to you and how you can take control of it, utilize it, and um, grow it to some extent and figure out where you fall on the creative spectrum. So that's what we're going to be discussing. So what I'm doing in these uh, videos here is basically just discussing the things that I'm learning because I'm consuming tons and tons of knowledge on the topic in real time. And this is a way for me to process that data and distill down the most valuable information, uh, a philosopher's stone approach, basically of absorbing large amounts of information of the, of the black stone and then distilling it down to its most uh, pure form and so that I can take that silver uh, from the black stone turn it into something valuable, gold, and then give it to the people and have that, that's the redstone, that's the philosopher's stone process. That's what I'm trying to do here for you guys as a form of being a wizard. So you can watch this process happening in real time. Today, what I kind of want to focus on in general, I have a lot of topics I want to discuss on creativity, but I, what I want to help you with and leave you with as a pragmatic tool that you'll be able to walk away with at the end of this video is, um, a method and technique that you can utilize to help yourself uh, remove yourself from writer's block and creativity blocks faster and more effectively. This isn't a guaranteed solution, but it is going to um, be putting points in favor of it being successful for you. So if you're suffering from writer's block or creativity blocks or just wanting to become more creative in general, this is going to help you out. So if you're uh, struggling with issues of feeling like you just are out of ideas and feel like you're stuck if you're trying to get past a block of creativity trust me everyone's been there if they are part of the personality type that can be creative and um, I, I know what that's like so I'm gonna try and help you push right on through that and crush that problem now the first thing that I need to discuss here is kind of what I was talking about just there a minute ago and there is a genetic component to this so what I want you to know is that creativity is tied directly with personality type. And that is uh, typically associated with the Myers-Briggs uh, openness. Openness is associated with high creativity. Um, it's important to understand this. So like if you're an ENTP like me, um, first off, you're probably seeing this video because I've targeted for you. <laughs> but also, uh, I'm sorry. I've targeted for you. See, if, if you say it like that, then it's magic. If you say it the other way, it's marketing, but whatever. Uh, but if you are reading it, it's very likely that you are a creative person. So you already have the personality traits that uh, predispose you to creativity. And it's important to realize that being creative is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, there's a lot of detrimental uh, consequences to being creative. 
Creativity is a high-risk, high-reward activity. It's um, not the best strategy. It's a very low rate of success, and when they are successful, it flourishes enormously. So, uh, if you are a creative person and you're trying to do creative things, you have to overcome the fact that 90 to 98% of your ideas are going to fail. So you better start failing immensely and in large quantity and quickly so that you can spin that, you can keep pulling that jackpot of 2%, 2%, 2%, 2%. <laughs> so you need to implement the idea. So uh, if you are a creative person, you you have to understand that your ideas, even if they're great ideas, are going to fail most of the time. So you have to learn how to implement your idea extremely fast. And by implement, I mean put it to the test of the free market. And that's, that's how you're going to test your idea and see if it's valid. Um, this applies to entrepreneurship, this applies to art, this applies to your shows, this applies to gigs. You've got to you don't want to just sit back and plan your uh, script for comedy. You don't want to just sit there and think, uh, all right, I'm going to go and plan this out for the next six months and then I'm going to bring it to market. No, you plan it for a month and then you take it to market, which is an open mic. You take it out to the open mic and you get the crap beat out of your ideas fast so that when you come in with your chunk of 100% of your act, by the end of it, it's just shredded to pieces and maybe 2% remain, but it's the good 2% and you've developed and cultivated something of value. So if you are a creative person, understand that you have to implement techniques that allow you to fail as rapidly as possible or you will be destroyed in this market because we don't currently value creativity correctly in the workforce. So there are positives and there are negatives to creativity is basically what I'm getting at. Um, there's a lot of hype for why we need to be more creative, we need to be more creative. Creativity by itself isn't that valuable, okay? Like, I can take a knife and I can strap it to an iPhone. That's a creative idea. It's, it's stupid and it's worthless. That's not good. <laughs> so you don't... Creativity by itself is not necessarily valuable. And it's tied to a personality trait in a lot of ways, uh, like intelligences. So... It has positives and it has negatives. There's side effects that, um, there's detrimental side effects to having a creative personality. And those are that you, um, if you are creative, you understand this. It's, it's, it's a force that takes you over and pulls you and says, all right, go do the thing. <laughs> and you, you have, and if you don't go do the thing, you feel horrible. You, you, you shrivel, you're, 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 you suffer. Um, the, the common psychology joke is that uh, Freud's, Freud and uh, Jung's students self-selected for him. Right brains, the creatives, went to Jung and the left brains went to Freud. Um, and there's truth to that. There's a, there's, a, there's a large amount of truth to that. People that went to Jung were more creative. And you have to understand that... <laughs> By being creative, you are subject to a creative force, and that creative force um, is going to be dragging you to high-risk, high-reward opportunities, and that means you're going to be dragged towards things that can produce a lot of failure in your life, so you have to be doing a lot of them. So the positives of creativity is the fact that, one, if you are creative, 
that experience is amazing. It's a purpose for living. And if you aren't cursed with creativity, <laughs> you get to have the a beautiful life of not feeling like you're an existentially just dying being any second that you aren't pursuing your art, your passion, your calling, whatever's grabbing you and pulling you. Um, yeah, you guys just don't have to deal with that burden. And by the way, if you don't have to deal with that burden, you're more likely to make more money. You're more likely to have overall life satisfaction. You're more likely to have a genuinely better life. <laughs> so congratulations. Um, you, you might not get to experience the, uh, the creative workflow as powerfully. And everyone, it's not like it's one or the other. It's not like, um, you know, you know, but you, you're completely no creativity or completely full creativity. However, it is a spectrum. You can be massively extreme on one side or the other, but most people fall somewhere in the middle. So, um, for most people that aren't leaning one way or the other, they're like in the gray middle, they will have a pulling towards one or the other in a slight way. So you might be the kind of person who is um, drawn to just like cool ideas and I want to go think about that thing versus um, other people who aren't as creative might be like, what is a good system? Should I engage in this behavior uh, for success in the long term? Um, just smart and that's also tied to conscientiousness. But um, that's, that's a different topic. <laughs> but what is uh, interesting about that is it, it doesn't hurt the person who doesn't have that weird pull. In fact, they look at creative people and like, what is wrong with you? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, why, why do you just all of a sudden have to go and paint? <laughs> like, you know, it's depending on what your art is. Like, like for me, like it, it is bizarre for people where they're like, it's like, okay, do you want uh, $250,000 a year with great benefits at a marketing position? Um, or would you like $60,000 a year and be a magician? And I'm like, uh, buzzer on the magician. <laughs> Every single time, slap, 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 slap. In fact, my only reason I wouldn't do that is I'll go get the 250000 take that money, and dump it into marketing for my magic so that I can grow my magic. Like, that's, that's it. It's the only other way out of that. So, for people that don't have that force, they don't they can't even comprehend or understand and that's actually a good thing for them they're more likely to succeed and be happy with their lives so if you're stuck over here with the negatives of creativity um now that i've drilled that into you and the reason i focused heavily on that topic is it's not that it's all negatives for creativity it's just that society has been pounding it into your head that it's the greatest thing in the world and everyone should pursue it it's a skill set that you need to learn which no no one has a certain amount of creativity and it can be optimized it's tied to personality but you can do anyone can imply techniques to increase their creativity but it, they cannot change the genetic predisposition towards or away from creativity and even if they don't have the creativity it's not necessarily a good thing and that needs to be said but uh, so far my takeaway from it has been that uh, creativity is, is a vastly over sold as a virtue and also oversold as something that is um, something you acquire or can can become more of and it's not <laughs> it really isn't 
Um, it's silly. But to the positive elements of creativity, positive elements of creativity are that you can think, um, you can have the positive experience of creative experience, which is, it's very difficult to explain to someone who isn't creative, but like that experience is very amazing. It, it is the source of purpose for most people who are creative. It's the reason we live. Um, other positive things is it is high risk, but it's also high reward. So if you're willing to go and fail hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and just keep grinding that wheel, eventually you can, in theory, in, with the correct timing and the correct place and the correct perseverance and the correct skills and the correct talent stack and effort, you can make something flower. And when it flowers, it blooms. It's a very beautiful thing. You can live the life of following your passion and making money from that and in some cases making a lot of money from that so that is the positive um however if you're able to just sit down you don't you know you sit down you don't really remember your dreams you wake up you're happy to be uh living in america the greatest country in the world and uh, have your beautiful wife and kids and you can go and do your accounting job clock in get a hundred thousand dollars uh, starting out and work your way up to 250000 a year by just not lying and not cheating, you are way better off and going to have a way better life in general across broad statistics than creative people. That's just a fact. And, and people get angry about that fact. It doesn't change that it's a fact. The, the, the ratio to uh, depressed, sad, starving artist to... Um, people who are sad, depressed, and starving accountants is very high. The accountant is much more likely to have a, a better uh, overall uh, life satisfaction than most artists. Um, and so that's something you have to come to grips with. And you know, if you are creative, you need to develop techniques to control and develop those. And I'm going to be telling you some of the ones that I've used for myself uh, for success in business and in the terms of marketing and also within magic because these techniques are uh, magic is a very unique art because it requires you to uh, be extremely creative and then switch to extremely logical and in uh, systems oriented thinking because you have to think of how can i do the impossible and then once i've thought of how can i do the impossible i go and then i say all right well now i gotta figure out how to actually do that um, so that's a very uh, balanced approach that magicians take, and it's very rare. I don't know of very many other art forms, other than ironically digital marketing um, and marketing in general, that do that kind of mindset thinking. So with all of that said, now that I've given you the groundwork, we've laid out the, uh, the scene, if you will, for positive and negative thinking, I want to dive right into... Um, what you can do if you are a creative person and you're currently dealing with creative blocks. You're feeling like uh, you've got writer's block, creativity block, you, you, you just can't get the next bit out, you're, 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 act, you're struggling with your act, um, you, you just are trying, you've hit a wall. Again, that's an experience that mostly creative people will know and non-creative people are like, yeah, that sounds like you're being lazy. It's like, no, I am not. <laughs> you're wrong. And, and they are wrong. Um, it, it's a real thing. It's funny. 
Um, people who are more creative are literally living in another dimension, and I mean that literally. And I know scientifically that's difficult to uh, back up, so I'm not going to try to. I'm just saying from a wizard philosophy perspective, creative people literally live in another dimension. And uh, yeah, just, just drop the mic on that one. I'm not going to go any deeper into that because that's, whew, we'll be here for, we've only been here, we've already been here for 21 minutes. We're, we're going to be here for like 17 years if I go into that. Um, I'm writing about it. I'm writing. I'm getting in. <laughs> You're struggling with writer's block, right? So what can you do to fix it? Well, the first thing to do is stop writing stop trying to write or be, do your creative act stop trying to be creative okay just, just stop that stop waking up and i'm gonna put my pen to the paper and i'm gonna wait for the spirit to possess me and shake my hand forget all that nonsense what are we what are we shakespeare oh speaking of shakespeare see what i did there look at that marketing background plug in for shakespeare you know it doesn't get better than that um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I get a royalty on every every book Shakespeare sells. It's a it's a fraction of a bitcoin, but it's worth it because uh, you know bitcoin's just gonna explode. <laughs> if you're suffering from these creative blocks, this writer's block, what you need to do is start reading the greats. Start reading great books. Forget about writing, forget about your act, forget about thinking about your act, being creative, banking the art, whatever your creative pursuit is. You're in the game. If you're in the creatives, you're, you're part of the wizards, all right? And if you, you need to put your art away, put it away, and go read the greats. And um, what do I mean by the greats? I mean, read great books and that's so subjective that we're going to skip that part right now. And I'm just going to give you very, very specific books to read. Um, people are going to get upset about that. And they're like, how dare you? I don't care. <laughs> I want to get you results. I don't care about the noise. So, here we go. Read William Shakespeare. I know. I know. It sucks. It sucks. But if you read William Shakespeare, you're literally reading basically every story that's ever been told. And it is integrated with archetypically relevant stories and it's going to inspire your brain. It, you know what? Book number two. <laughs> it goes right into it. William Shakespeare is the book that you should definitely be reading. You should also be reading uh, Carl Jung's Man and His Symbols. That's a non-fiction book and it's, um, it's an amazing book and everybody should be reading it because it reveals the dimension that I'm talking about uh, in very nice, plain English. It's, it's the most complicated, arguably some of the most complicated ideas that have ever existed are discussed in that book, and Carl Jung does a fantastic job of distilling that down into somewhat understandable terms, but that book will reveal to you why it's important to read deep, deep, classic, archetypical literature that is going to inspire your creativity. You're feeding your mind with these great books. Now, I'm also recommending Carl Jung because uh, that's going to show you the experiences that a lot of people have by reading great books and being inspired by literature. Um, so those, those are the first two books that I would highly recommend. 
third one I would go with is Alice in Wonderland. Now, the only excuse I'm going to give for Alice in Wonderland is that it's an item. It's an option that you can choose right now to implement in your life. It's short, it's easy to read, and it's pretty much recognizes the greatest short story ever written. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this. They're, they're too busy, like, hyping up garbage, like, these new Star Wars movies that are just trash and everything Hollywood puts out. But, like, go read... Here, I'll, I'll get it for you. Order that you should be reading in is... Well, read this book right here. Man and his symbols. Carl Jung. Fantastic. While you're reading this book, this is your nonfiction. Read your fiction. This is Alice in Wonderland. Read these... Simultaneously, read this in the morning when your left brain's at its best, and read this fiction at night when your right brain is at its best, getting ready to dream. Do that. Once you finish that, upgrade to the big leagues, boys. Get William Shakespeare's Complete Works. You can probably find it online for free. If you can't, I don't know. You're not creative enough. <laughs> Just go to Barnes and Nobles, man. Buy it. I don't know. I, I think I got this from either uh, Costco or Barnes and Nobles. But if you read William Shakespeare, then you don't have to go and read it cover to cover. I'm just saying, you go when you're experiencing writer's block, pick this thing up. Um, this is ROI word for word the greatest literature you're ever going to get, and it's all the stories. It's all archetypical programming. It's the, it's this is this is culture in a book. It's so cool. Um, you can go start with this. Start with this. Apply it. Once you get the results, and you've experienced results consistently, you can go and explore out into other ones. But dear God, don't get anything that was made 20 years or earlier. Like it's it's all trash. Our culture. Uh, in terms of literature, has gone to trash. Read, read the Odyssey. Uh, go read. I don't know. Well, let, let's take a look here. Go read Lord of the Rings. That that's a great one. It's it's a fantastic. But honestly, this is my go-to because I'm not gonna get through this thing anytime soon. And it is just an endless wealth of stories. It, it it's invaluable. I don't think you could literally calculate the value you get from being a creative person and reading the the core of of society of being a human that is captured in, in this work. So do it. <laughs> All right. So that is the first application that you can do to start hijacking your mind when it's in these writer's blocks and creative blocks and start generating creativity you're literally feeding it data you're feeding it the fuel of what it means to be an artist what it means to be a wizard okay so follow my prescription it will work you will be amazed at the results and if they aren't i'll give you a full refund for the advice which is zero seriously man it, it's it's powerful it's been powerful for me that's the best way to put it I, it, it has, I don't, I haven't experienced writer's blocks since I learned that tactic. And it's been years, years since I've had it. Maybe, maybe even a decade. What, now that you've applied this uh, reading schedule, which I, I really hope you have, the second thing is a lot easier and um, more passive. And I think you'll enjoy it. It's uh, watching 
high quality fiction movies particularly particularly to give you a prescription because again subjective term like what is the great fiction movies that are classic it's like what is a high quality fiction movie it's tough it is it is tough so uh instead i'm going to give you a prescription and again keep in mind a wizard doesn't tell you what to do i'm just laying out the advice and saying here are options this is something i would suggest i can't tell you what you should do with your life all i can do is give you um information ideas and uh, let you see your own problems from a different perspective. It's up to you to look at the prescriptions and look at the advice and apply it to your own life. And uh, sometimes it will work and sometimes it won't, especially when it's not a one-to-one -one and I can't really develop a deep relationship with you specifically. I'm going to try my best, and I'm going to try my best to give information that's more broad and helpful to a wide-ranging audience. Um, but it's just not like when I do a private show when it's a group of 20 people and i get to work with them for an hour uh it's not even remotely close but the techniques i'm applying i can tell you have worked tremendously for myself and um for people that i've shown them to have had massive benefits from them as well so that that's all i can say um you know i i'm not going to make the claim that this is um, all 100% scientifically backed with like, case studies and whatnot. Um, it is founded and rooted in a lot of cognitive science that I've read, but I'm an amateur. I'm, I might be getting it wrong. What I know for a fact is happening is that I apply these techniques I'm telling you and they work. And the wizard philosophy is if it predicts and it continues to predict and it makes you happy and gets you closer to your goals, um, whatever your highest axiom is set to, then good, it works. So keep doing it <laughs> so the, those are some caveats here so here's your prescription for movies that you should watch and the prescription is go watch snow white yep classic snow white go watch classic snow white uh go watch the lion king and lion king snow white and fantasia you can watch them in any order you want highly recommend a tasty beverage if you're of age and it isn't something that's a problem for you um because if it is just stay away from it that's stupid don't get involved with things don't go and walk into bear traps yeah i highly recommend a tasty beverage with that one because whoo that movie is wow <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy man it's yikes it's, it's out there one's a trip but again similar to the idea with the books we are embedding your mind with deep powerful stories that are archetypically relevant to you um peter pan peter pan 2 let's add that to the list it's now four it's now four snow white lion king fantasia or phantasmic whatever it's called and peter pan boom there you go uh go experience those because they're, they're deeply powerful and going to feed your creativity especially if you're doing it alongside the book technique highly highly recommend doing it all right, so the third thing that I'd highly recommend doing is creating a creative space. So this is a space that um, you conduct yourself creatively. So you design this space in such a way that the tools that you need for whatever your art is um, are available, and they're in that space, and that space is exclusively for, and it could be something as small as a desk. Um, that space, though, is your space for creativity and only creativity, so the only time you are allowed to use that space is for the sole purpose of 
creativity. So you wait for yourself to experience creativity. And then you enter the space. By doing so, you're going to begin to anchor that space to a space of creativity. And eventually you'll get to the point where you're going to literally just become, you're going to feel yourself becoming creative as you approach that space. And it's going to allow your creativity to flow much much more effectively. It works fantastically for me. And uh, let that space be whatever you need it to be, to be a space of creativity. But don't, well, you might be different than me though. So that, that's hard, okay? So I would recommend not making it completely sterile. Having pieces of information to get uh, data is going to help you with creativity. But for some people, it's like, no, I need absolute clarity and I get that and I've experienced that myself there's times when I do need that data input where I need people um ENTP again hi uh but there's other times where I need to literally just go close my eye my head against the wall and just wait and wait for it and go into the void there's stuff in the void man <laughs> and then and get that and just grab it and bring it back in and, and I so I get that so I'm not even going to recommend either way. Just do what works best for you. Create the creative space. So those are some techniques you can start applying that I've applied for myself that work fantastically. So I really recommend giving them a try. Um, I can't find anywhere on the internet that even comes close to talking about these topics, which I find so bizarre because um, this is stuff that's been in the art of magic for, and, and when I say the art of magic, I don't mean just illusions. I mean like the tradition ranging back to most of recorded history. Um, this is very deep, deep practices, and uh, these are things that you can apply that will work. Like, so to do them, <laughs> do them now. These are, you don't have to be a wizard to apply wizard tactics to uh, hack your creativity. Um, so now that we've covered some ways that you can do that, I wanted to talk more about what is creativity's place in the workplace. So, how do you utilize creativity? such a way that's helpful for your business? And that's a great question because creativity, as we mentioned before, is it's high risk, high reward opportunity. And most of the time, creativity is going to fail. But it is creativity that drives a business forward to expand and develop and make it better. So you have to do it. So how do you apply creativity in a way that is valuable? Most creativity is not useful. It's not positive. So how do we make that valuable? Well, what I'd recommend doing is treating creativity as a resource, as a stock that you can invest in. So what I would highly recommend doing is that every business should have 10% of its resources allocated to things that are guaranteed to work, the bread and butter of the company, um, if not more. But that should be your workhorse. So if that was that 10% is able to cover the baseline of the business, then take about 80%, and that's gonna be somewhere in the middle. Some conservative choices, some more a little bit more adventure choices. It's a mishmash, so you're diversifying your resource portfolio of your business, so it's being spread across. So 10% is in guaranteed the blue chip stocks of your business, then 80% is in this uh, middle ground, and then 10% is into highly risky opportunities that could be high risk and high reward. 
you got to put those 10% resources in with the full expectance and belief that I am most likely never going to see those dollars again. Treat it like an investment into uh, angel investing. You're very unlikely to succeed, but you want to do it purely for the act of knowing what if and getting data if you're following systems correctly, like you should be, um, to find out a lot about a certain topic. That 10% I would recommend allocating to creative. Have a department that is sole purpose is to explore outlandish creative ideas for your business. Um, I think this is a model that can really, really help businesses. I, uh, I see where creatives, so the problem is creative people tend to be um, start at the bottoms of hierarchies because everyone starts at the bottoms of a company hierarchy and creativity is not very well rewarded in those scenarios. So if you give a small opportunity where the person could be creative, you just bait them with, here's an opportunity to be creative at work. Watch them flock to it. They will, they will, all, they will come out of their crevices and you will find out who are the creative people. That's a quasi way of identifying people with creativity that could be uh, helpful in departments that uh, are part of that 10% resource allocation. So that's what I recommend. Have, have the creative department and understand that most likely it's not going to work. But maybe once every five years, that department is going to kick out the thing that takes your company from $1 million to $50 million or $50 million to a billion. Who knows? That's why you put that 10% in. High risk, high reward. Now, that's how I would approach the technique. Um, that's something I would experiment with. And uh, as I build out this magic company, that's something that I will be experimenting with in the future. I, right now, am doing the throw everything out there. Give it uh, 16 hours a day, work all the time, and uh, put all my money into the things that I know will work. So once I get to that point where um, I'm not in the startup phase and I am a solidified company and I have a workplace, uh, that will definitely be something that I'll try implementing to see if it works. And uh, I will obviously let you guys all see that from the other side. But if you want to try that out now, uh, let me know. I, I can help. It's <laughs> a theory I have for workplace creativity. What is the ROI on creativity? So this is why why is it high risk high reward the reason it's high risk high reward is most art sucks yeah i know gonna upset every single person that's remotely artistic most art sucks and the greatest artist in the world most of what they produce sucks how many william shakespeare stories can you name not many he's the greatest there ever was and we can't name 10 things that he created even the best of the best still have a low success so where is the roi coming so the ROI of creativity is in understanding that if properly developed, it identifies a truth about nature that can literally be absolutely invaluable. And I mean that literally invaluable. Um, here, let me give you an example. How valuable are the Colosseums in Europe? How valuable is that? How valuable is the Statue of Liberty? Now you could go and do like, well, if you take down the copper. Nope. No. 
how much would the United States sell the Statue of Liberty for? A trillion dollars? Seventeen trillion dollars? How much? What would be the market value for that? Beauty and meaning and symbols can be incalculably valuable. And that's the potential you're tapping into by having that 10%. The 10% is being put in for the chance that you'll tap into something that is not just ROI positive, it is the most ROI positive thing you will ever tap into ever in your company's entire history. That's the ROI on creativity. So um, that's it guys, that's my first discussion that I have on how to deal with writer's block, creativity block. How does creativity fit into the workplace? How can you optimize and build a business for it? And what can you do to uh, help yourself become more creative, no matter where you fall on the spectrum of creativity? I hope that you enjoy this. Remember, check out Ask a Wizard. We're going to be putting out content like this all month. Uh, I'm doing research right now for where I'm going to attempt to use magic and mentalism and psychology to take people who have a writer's block, um, a creative block, and I'm going to try and remove that through persuasion. And we're going to do that on camera, along with a lot of other amazing mentalism tricks. We're going to try and do some pretty crazy things out there. I'm going to try and push the envelope on what can be done with psychology. Um, it's going to be fun. It, this is my art. This is my passion. This is where I get drawn creatively. So I hope you enjoyed this and uh, peace.